It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 260, entitled, How Many Times Can We Say Patterns? It was recorded on Monday the 10th of July, 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined by four, five, six, back down to five, up to six, back down to three. Loads of different people today. I'm joined by Michelle Frechette, Katie Keith, Birgit Powley hack Sam Alderson, and Mark Westgard. We're here to talk about the WordPress news, so that's exactly what we do. And the list is as follows. WordCamp Dakar has been cancelled. We find out why, and also we find out what we don't want to find out about. WordPress 6.3 has dropped support for PHP 5. Mark does join us temporarily for a little bit of a chat about his fantastic new AI in WS form. You can now create forms with a prompt. The WordPress 6.3 live demo is coming up. I'm going to be joining Anne McCarthy and Rich Tabor, showing you all about what it can do. Gutenberg 16.1 is introducing pattern creation. The WordPress plugin review team has added six new people. Louise Towler talks all about the environment and sustainable WordPress websites. What can we learn from that? If you'd like to sponsor the Page Builder Summit, we'd be very keen to hear from you. Beta is the status of North Commerce. And we also talk a little bit about some security news and various errata towards the end. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP Builds. Hello there, hello there. Welcome to this episode number 260 of This Week in WordPress. I realize WordPress has been going on significantly longer than 260 weeks, but that's as long as I've been going with this show, at least anyway. So we're joined today. As you can see, look at it. It's like a full-on smorgasbord of people. Uh, we normally go with three or four, but today we've got five, and then maybe, maybe six. Let's just press the button and see what... Oh, it's gone again. I'm going to keep doing that as the show goes on. We're going to be joined by somebody else a little bit later because they've got a really interesting thing happening in WordPress this week. But as you can see, I'm joined by some fabulous WordPress people. To my... What is it? It's that way. To my left or right. I can't work it out in my head. Uh, we're joined by Michelle Frechette. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really good. The, uh, honestly, I'm in a really good mood today. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but feeling like, genuinely really good. Michelle is the Director of Community Engagement for Stella WP at Liquid Web. She's doing a new thing, which we'll find out a bit about a bit later. In addition to her work over at Stella WP, she's the podcast barista at WP Coffee Talk and another one. Co-founder at Underrepresented in Tech, creator at WP Speakers, creator of the WP Career Pages .com website, president of the board at Big Orange Heart, <laughs> look at the bowing, director of community relations and contributor at poststatus.com, author, business coach, and frequent organizer and speaker at WordPress events. She lives outside Rochester, New York, where she takes photographs of nature. And she's got another website, meetmichelle.online. And you can, uh, yeah, 
you can probably tell by the introduction that Michelle does rather a lot and uh, very kind of her to join us. I like to be busy. Yeah, I can tell that. Is there a (laughs) serious question, right? Do you ever like get the impression that you do too much? I don't mean like from our point of view. Do you ever sit down and think I could do with a bit of a bit of a break? I plan breaks and I and I do them strategically so that no. I am not always doing everything. I take a whole week, take three weeks of vacation a year where I'm not working at all. So planning breaks is something that I'm not very good at. But uh, anyway, let's carry on. Thank you for joining, Michelle. We're also joined further on the other side of Michelle by Birgit Pauli Hack. How are you doing, Birgit? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm on the show. I've been uh, taking a break from the show, not because of you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I suspect maybe by the end of this episode, you will wish. No, but I congratulate, I congratulate you to the 206 um, edition. Because no. and I also had a 260, 260 weekend edition. So it was just published last week. That's coincidental, isn't it? That's it's pretty amazing. Totally, totally. That's great. <laughs> but then Big. I saw it. <laughs> Big really is the um, the publisher at the Gutenberg Times. You may have seen that. If you haven't, just Google Gutenberg Times. It's a re- real solid resource for all things WordPress, specifically around Gutenberg. Uh, it's a site with news around the WordPress block editor and beyond. She hosts regular Gutenberg live Q&As on YouTube and hosts the podcast Gutenberg Changelog. She's been contributing to the WordPress open source project since 2014 and contributes now full-time um, with a sponsorship from Automatic. Great. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Um, we're also joined by Sam, Sam Alderson. Uh, how are you doing, Sam? First time on the show. So hey, far, so good. No gremlins <laughs> with the audio. Let's see how it goes. Are you all right? I'm great. Thank you. Yeah. Very nice. I'm... I detect a UK accent, but I don't know where you live. Uh, Yorkshire. Where's it? York. Oh, I live in Scarborough. Well, near Scarborough. So we're like down the road. 45 minutes down the Oh, that's great. There's nobody that I know from work. Well, that's not true. There's Elliot Sowsby, who's probably in the comments. He's uh, he's from Yorkshire. He lives in Britain. And now the three of you have to meet for coffee. I you know. Elliot. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and Elliot. Oh, that's so. exciting. Sam Alderson is the social media and brand manager at Yoast SEO. Um, they've been at Yoast for two years in and, and active in the WordPress community for just over a year. Uh, they intend on changing that. Oh, yeah, I guess plus one, plus one, plus one. They have a passion for social media accessibility, DEI, and want to educate people on this. All At most conferences, you will find them chatting about what sets their heart on fire and their pets. Right, so two questions from that. First one, how many pets and what are they? Just one. Uh, his name is Hatch and he is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to convince my other half to get another dog that potentially Patch can then bully into submission. <laughs> Yay, Patch. And then the other one, you're going to have to forgive me. I don't know if I said that right, and I can't for the life of me summon that acronym. D-E-I. Diversity, Equality, Inclusiveness. Okay, well, that settles back in my head. I didn't realize that was the acronym for that. Well, anyway, Sam, so much thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And also, Katie Keith. How are you doing, Katie? Hi, good, thanks. Very nice to have you with us. Katie seems to be uh, seems to be coming back more and more regularly, so mm-hmm. I'm very, very thankful for all of that. That's really amazing. I really appreciate it. She also has the shortest bio of everybody. Uh, It simply goes co-founder and SEO at Barn2 Plugins and the co-host of the WP Coffee Talk podcast as well. Thank you for joining us. Not the WP Coffee Talk. The product talk. Oh, what did I just say? 
Well, you'd said I was SEO and coffee talk rather than CEO and product talk. You know, do you know I said a minute ago that you was really happy. That was really, I'm really happy. I'm glad my bio's not long. And now I've realised that I'm not on my A game. I'm going to have to go. I'm, I resign. <laughs> uh, see, let me do that again. Uh, Katie Keith is the co-founder and CEO at Arm2 Plugins and the co-host of the WP Product Talk podcast. It's there in black and white. But I was saying just before we hit record, my eyesight is shocking. And uh, we're also joined by uh, Mark Westgard, but not for very long. He's going to uh, keep going. Sorry, Mark. I don't, don't mean to, uh, to be annoyed, but it's just, it's so irresistible. I do apologize. Uh, if you want to join us in the comments, feel free to do that. That's really, really great. I love it when people uh, make the make the effort to comment. There's just a few little caveats around that. The first thing is, if you are in our Facebook group, then you need to do an additional thing. You need to go to chat.restream.io forward slash FB. Otherwise, we simply don't know who you are. You just come across as somebody anonymous, which is fine if you want to do it that way. Also, if you fancy being a bit social and sharing this online with your friends, colleagues, enemies, pets, whatever you like, then uh, wpbuilds.com forward slash live is the URL to send them to. And uh, let's see if we have any comments. Oh, good grief. Okay. Yeah, we've got a few. Uh, so apologies. We'll just go through this very quickly. Hi there, Courtney. She says, it's humid in central Philadelphia. Remember, WordCamp US will be much like this. Ha <laughs> ha. 30 to 35 degrees centigrade with 90 degrees humidity. Uh, Nigel's saying that he's here. Nathan apparently is trying to, say, <laughs> trying to press the record button, says Bob. Taco. Hi, Taco. Nice to see you, even if it's not seeing you. I've got your icon anyway. Uh, very nice to have you back on the show. Full house, he says. Peter always drops in the, uh, the weather comment. Connecticut, 22 degrees centigrade with some rain, just 40 miles to our west of flash flooding warnings. Ooh. Yeah, we had quite a lot of flash flooding. I was in it yesterday, actually, and it wasn't mm. very pleasant. Uh, hello, ladies, says Courtney. I know that I know each of these amazing women <laughs> and hi, Mark, too. Yeah, we should uh, probably just give Mark the opportunity to say hi. Hi, Mark. Uh, <laughs> on. Yes. Just gone again. I don't know what's... Honestly, Mark, you must try a little bit harder. Uh, then there's lots of people basically saying, hey, hey, this, Sam, this is uh, Elliot. Elliot lives in Brid, in Bridley. Uh -huh. so, uh, Again, down the yeah, road. Yeah, 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 just down the road from where you and I are. Uh, do you ever sleep, Nathan, meant to ask? I presume that's in conjunction with the comment. Anyway, there you go. Please keep dropping in the comments. It's a lot of fun. But let's natter on about WordPress. There's a little bit of self-promotion at the beginning. I'm really sorry about that. I don't like to do it, but I'm going to do it. Uh, the first one is basically our website. You can see that we're sponsored by uh, GoDaddy Pro. Thanks to them for helping us keep the lights on. We've got a couple of events coming up. The first one is with a chap called Mark Westgard. I'm not entirely sure who he is, but I've got this vague memory <laughs> that, uh, that I know him a little bit. Uh, Maybe you've seen oh, him well, recently. There he is. There he, oh, he's gone again. <laughs> he just keeps popping up. Uh, I'm doing a show with Mark on Wednesday, and it's the final in our webinar series. Six webinar episodes all about um, WS4 Mark's product, which all joking aside is actually really good. So go and check it out. And we're going to be talking about AI. And actually, that's the reason I keep dropping him in because we've got a little bit of a bombshell to drop. He, you may have seen some social media hype about it, but there's that coming up this uh, Wednesday. You can see it on the top of our website, uh, 3 p.m. UK time this coming Wednesday. And then also just a heads up, I've got a show with Pete Chineri coming up, UI UX show. That's in a few weeks, 25th of July. 
And if you want to send us your nonprofit or your pet project or your uh, charity, I suppose is the right word, project and get to have a look at it, hit that link and you will get there. The other thing to mention is that we are doing another version of the Page Builder Summit that's coming up and we are looking for some sponsors. So if any of you people listening to this are working for a WordPress-y kind of company, although it says the Page Builder Summit, you might be thinking like Oxygen, Elementor, Beaver Builder. It's actually got a ton of content about the block editor. It's just that we named it that before the block editor was a thing. And so now everybody's, is there anything about Gutenberg? Yes, there's loads about Gutenberg. So uh, yeah. So if you want to sponsor that, go to this page, W. sorry, it's pagebuildersummit.com forward slash sponsors. And uh, scroll down, there's loads of information about what we offer, what you'll get in return, and, you know, generally how how good the event has been in the past. It has been a really nice event. And I think that's it. That's all the self-promotion. Yeah, that'll do. I could go on. Okay. Hot topic of the year so far, I think, is this one. WP Tavern, Sarah Gooding wrote a piece called WordCamp Dakar 2023, cancelled due to concerns of corporate influence on community making decisions. So this is the sad news, I have no other way of saying it, that a WordPress event which was kind of into the late stages of planning has been pulled by WordCamp Central. There's not much more to say, it's all in the title. Uh, It would appear that some corporate entities have been flexing their corporate muscle and uh, according to this piece anyway, trying to interfere in how that event has been put together and things got a little bit out of hand so out of hand in fact that WordCamp Central has decided to pull the event now helpfully actually and I do mean helpfully there are no names attached to this so we don't know who those companies are from my point of view I actually think I I I want to remain ignorant about that because I know that some people will be collateral damage because there'll be bound to be people who work for a company who was part of this, who don't necessarily subscribe to that, will maybe get swept up in all of it and and all of that. So anyway, this is big news. Sam, just so that you know, um, we basically cross-talk. The person that gets in first gets to talk, and we're all very (laughs) polite, and we'll uh, we'll figure out who's going to go next. But No, you just have to interrupt. Yeah, you just have to interrupt. (laughs) So sad news, it's over to you. What, What is there to say about this? Well, yeah, it's really hard. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry, Michelle. But when you look at the post at the Make Community blog, it kind of seems that there were actually um, a mentor as well as a deputy involved uh, for the WordCamp. So it kind of goes through all the levels of WordCamp organization where this um, unduly behavior kind of happened. So I can see that there is a lot of um, there. There was a lot of um, <clears throat> help to try to rectify this, but it just didn't happen. So cancellation is probably the only thing that makes it keep the program um, level-headed and um, integer and integrate. But and uh, keep integrity. I think maybe it's the right. word. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm. I'm now living in Germany, and my English goes to pot. It's kind of <laughs> no, it's okay. I can't read the words SEO or product. Um, <laughs> no, that wouldn't feel but, so but, bad. But there are glasses for that. <laughs> yeah, for, well, for, yeah, yeah. For, yeah for, for my impairment, there's yeah. no 
Well, anyway, thank you for that opinion. That's really great. Yeah. So any of the other three want to give their opinion here? You know, I, I wrote about this at Post Status over the weekend. And one of the things that I think we we like to think that everything is always perfect in our community and that every everybody are good actors and everybody acts in good faith. But we are a community of literally millions of people. And that doesn't mean that there aren't some people who don't have the, the you know, altruistic um, intents when it comes to things like this. We we talked about last year or earlier this year what Micah went through or Mika went through with um you know with managing the uh the plugins team and we know what happened there. We've seen what happened. We've seen um companies get banned from sponsoring and attending WordCamps as as sponsors because of things that they've done in the past. And it's this is just another example of the community correcting itself. And so I think that, you know, hopefully in the future, we'll see that they'll be able to come back with a camp that's better balanced with some more oversight. I know that new camps, it's always hard and people not understanding what's what they can and cannot do. I like to think that people are just ignorant and not willfully um, being a bad actor, but but who knows for sure here, you know, and the fact that the community can step in and say, Okay, so now is the not not the right time for this. Um, years ago, I, I attended a WordCamp um, where all of a sudden Josepha and Andrea Middleton showed up to the WordCamp because there were so many things happening behind the scenes, and the person who was organizing that WordCamp is no longer part of WordPress because of things that happened there. And just you just never know, right? So you never know what people have in the back of their mind as acceptable or whether they're actually trying to exert undue force we don't know for sure what happened here all we know is that because of those kinds of situations they they had to say okay not this year and it's heartbreaking especially yeah. for the people who have been organizing and the people who do have the right intentions and so yeah i don't know what, what else to say beyond that but yeah. but we have there have been examples in the past we learn and we grow and we do better going forward can I ask Katie, and I don't know uh, Sam too much about your your uh, what you what you're doing specifically over at Yo. So this question may be uh, apropos for you as well. But I know for Katie that you were a a sponsor at WordCamp Europe, and I just wonder what your experience of that was in terms of guidelines and boundaries and expectations. In other words, did you did you feel clear on what you could and couldn't do? So the, the you know let's let's imagine the horrible scenario that this had been barn to you'd have been you know you'd have been going to WordCamp Europe and you'd been crossing a load of lines. Would you have known what the lines were that you shouldn't have crossed given the documentation that you received and the information from the event? Yeah, it was clear they were very professional. They provided a very long document as well as terms and conditions that I had to sign and things like that. I suppose part of it came from my prior knowledge of attending word camps. I had seen what the sponsor booths do, so I assumed that was how I should behave. But it's really hard to learn from this as a community if we don't know the detail. I know we shouldn't know names, and I don't want to know names, but I don't know even what sort of corruption or whatever undue influence went on. So if I don't know how companies other than just using their natural common sense, could avoid it. Well, that's a good point, isn't it? I hadn't really thought about that. When I read this piece, I was happy not to see the names of individuals. And it, and like I said, I was happy not to see the names of companies because I didn't want people to be 
you know, be the collateral damage. But you're right, and I hadn't thought about that. It would. I can't see a problem with saying, okay, this was the type of thing mm. that was done. This action was a, unless, of course, there's a direct correlation between the action and the person or the company involved. Maybe if there's a path directly between the two things that's inextricable, perhaps that's why they've kept it quiet. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. It would be good to know what boundary they crossed um, so that so that we can, you know, in the future, make sure that doesn't happen again. In fact, in the comments, uh, Elliot, sorry, not Elliot, it was Cameron, I apologize. Cameron, who was on the show just last week or the week before, uh, makes that point. He, he, he does want to know who was involved and he does want to know what was going on because he said, how can we learn from this as a community unless we know the specifics of it? So there's obviously a different opinion there. So Sam, over to you. I don't know if that question does apply to your work at Yoast. You may just have an opinion outside of Yoast anyway. No, I was just thinking about what Casey said. I'm kind of hoping that whatever went wrong to this gets fed back up into the instructions that sponsors actually get given because you do get quite a lengthy document given to you of like, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do. Because I've, I've attended, what, maybe four or five word camps in the past 18 months or so. So I'm still very used to like all the guidelines and what you can and can't do. So I go to Taco and say, can we potentially do this? And he goes, no, you can't do that. I'm like, okay. Um, so I kind of hope that all the, anything that I'm, I'm like you, Nathan, I'm like, I'm glad that they've not named names, but I hope that that's been fed back up to the guidelines and sort of like, okay, this is what you can't do so that the next person knows that they can't do that basically. And we stop it where it, where it starts basically. Courtney, who always knows everything really, it would seem about WordPress. She's truly incredible. <laughs> what Courtney doesn't know about WordPress doesn't seem to be worth knowing. Uh, she says, Angela left a comment near the end uh, with a few more details about what happened. Yeah, I confess I got to Cameron's comment and then didn't have time to read on. So, okay, let me uh, let me just quickly scroll down. Was I that the end of that piece? the word Angela at all in the article. Yeah, it so says Angela on. left a comment near the end, but I can't see. It's um, So there were five kind of things that she shared. One is insulting and personal attacks. Oh, Public brilliant. You've got this. You've got this information. That's like, great. Thanks, Big. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, uh, insulting and personal attacks was one. The second one was public and private harassment. And Ew. then influencing and enticing harassment. And then retaliation in response to reported behavior and then discrimination. So, I agree. Yeah, the details need to come out. But uh, only reading those five lists, I don't, five items on the list, I don't need to know more. No, yeah. I don't. Yeah, we all know yeah. not to do that, don't we? That does yeah. come under what everyone does. Pretty standard. Yeah. I th I, that's <laughs> fascinating, actually, because that the list that you've just given is actually worse than I had imagined it would be. Um, well, I, it that, has mm. to be. Well, I don't know if you... So I have been organizing WordCamps, yeah, WordCamp US 17, 18, and 19. And the amount of work that goes into vetting each organizer, each sponsor each volunteer it's speaker every speaker yeah that go through a certain thing so if they cancel a word camp there is yeah actually go to that yeah they had to had many many conversations before uh and many many opportunities to um to improve on the behavior to stomp it and kind of move on yeah because that's our community there's always a second chance but if somebody misses second, third, and fourth chances, then it definitely needs to go. And, and kind of we need to cancel that because it, yeah, as you said, 
it um uh yeah it it dangers the integrity of the of the program itself but it also um i i don't think there's anything more to say about this uh it was really bad and it was bad on multiple level and they tried to improve it but couldn't and had to cancel yeah it's kind of um yeah yeah, I'm going to raise a One piece thing. in our yeah. private chat. Um, Michelle dropped a, a piece, which is actually really helpful in that one of the paragraphs gives me a bit more insight into what's going on. So I'll just raise that onto the screen. So this is on the uh, the Make WordPress community. It was Sam Suresh on the 3rd of July, and it's about... And Angela's comments are at the bottom of right, this Right, right, yeah. So I spied Angela's comment, which I presume is what... Um, it's a July what, 5th. Was, was, yeah. yeah. So... This probably is the paragraph which caught my attention. Uh, unless there is an immediate danger to any any community, remember, uh, give up <laughs> to any community, remember. Yeah, that's good. Uh, to any community member, reporters are given choices in proceeding or not, uh, and will often share our communications with reporters so that they have visibility in our approach. So maybe that's the maybe that's the killer piece is that there was just some kind of threat perceived or otherwise that's really sad um that's mm -hmm. that i said at the start of the show that i was feeling really great now i'm feeling a bit you know oh, less than great but i guess some some things are, are going to go that way i would be interested to know from what i've just heard i'd be interested to know if there was some level of sponsorship in that in other words i wonder if somebody thought that they because they bought uh, a sponsorship package if they believe that allowed them to climb the rungs of a certain ladder you know and it gave them influence in certain things that would be interesting to see or if it was just a company with i don't know lots of history clout many employees bought lots of attendance tickets who knows but yeah whew, really really interesting so sad news mm -hmm. that one i'm afraid mm -hmm. to say yeah absolutely yeah uh, agreed yeah, uh, uh, and obviously uh, my thoughts go out to all the people who have just purchased a ticket to that event, want to go, and now have had the, the rug pulled from under them. So I mm -hmm. am sorry uh, for those people who've had that that awful thing. We do better. Let's see if the next time it comes around, if uh, if things can be different. Okay, on a, slide, on a somewhat different note, uh, if you're a developer with WordPress, this is going to be no news to you, but we have a fair few people listening to this show who are how to describe it. They're not technical. They don't regard themselves as technical. So this might be of interest. WordPress 6.3, which is coming around fairly soon, more of that later, um, is dropping support for PHP 5. Now, again, you may not know your WordPress website is running on a piece of software called PHP. And each, each period of time, a few months, it gets an upgrade. And some of those upgrades are so significant that they, they give them a new number. So number eight is kind of where we are now. And uh, PHP 5 is really long in the tooth. It's very old, and really it's time to drop it. There's a whole bunch of reasons to drop it, the most notable of which is probably uh, security on your website, but also the performance that you're getting on that website. It's time to change, basically. There's a lovely little graph showing where we are at. The big slice of this pie, over 50%, is PHP 7.4. That seems to be where most people are residing. Um, but if you can get yourself up into the eights, if your plugins, themes, blocks, and all of that support it, that would be a good idea. Lots of reasons for that, as I said. But it's going away. By the time WordPress 6.3 drops, if you're using PHP 5. anything, you are in trouble. 
So make sure that that's not the case. I'm sure that Mark Westgard will have something to say about that. Mark, anything on that? No, apparently not. Uh, oh, no, he's, I can see him on the screen. He's absolutely wetting himself. He thinks this is really funny. I'm going to keep doing it. Good job, I know him. Um, so hand it over to you. There's not a lot more to say about that. Shake your head if you've got nothing to say, and I'll just quickly move on. No, no. All right. Let's move it on in that case. Right. Okay. It is time to fight. <laughs> Let's finally get him on the screen. The reason I've been toying with Mark uh, is simply because Mark uh, approached me earlier in the week. Uh, well, actually, during the weekend, I think it was, to announce that he's got a, a new thing. Mark is now on the screen. I apologize, Mark. That was. <laughs> You're talking about discrimination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Abuse and all of that. Uh, so we've just dropped Mark into the call. He's going to be here for like a few minutes just to basically show us what he's got. I, I really was beguiled by this, so I thought it was worth doing. Essentially, what Mark has got is um, an AI solution to, to build out your forms. So you're used to things like ChatGPT. You ask it a question, and it supplies you with some text and you know, we're, be we're at the forefront of all that. We're now at the point where Mark has managed to, goodness knows how many sleepless nights he had, he's managed to make it such that you can type in a prompt in a, in a little modal that pops up in WS form, basically telling the plugin what form you would like to have built for you, and off it goes. Um, so uh, you showed me a couple of examples. You typed in some, you know, f reasonably complicated things, do you want to just give us a little bit of insight? What's your thinking here? How long's it taken? Where's it going to sit in your product? Are you offering this out for free? Are you going to pay for it? What's going on, Mark? It's a, it's a free add-on right now, and um, it's you know we've been playing around with OpenAI for a number of things. We we already had an integration with most of the OpenAI endpoints, and what I mean by that is you know asking it a question and getting a response back. Uh, or describing an image and having that image put into the form, into a file upload field. And uh, I've seen a lot of, um, you know, a lot of AI imp implementations where you can type a description in and it will give you some code back, uh, some code back where you can actually do code snippets. And um, I thought, well, maybe we could take it a step further and actually use that code snippet to, to build something. Um, and that's basically what we've done. So... Um, I can give you a quick demo if you want. I'd yeah, that'd be great. I've just been showing a video of, on the yeah. screen whilst you've been talking. So what you can see on the screen is the modal. You, you type, yeah. tap the button, type in. You can see you can't just say, make me a contact form. You need to be, well, maybe you can. Maybe that exact scenario is probably all right. But you have to be fairly specific. You have to lay things out. And I think, really, we're now learning in the same way that we learned SEO and how to make a search engine give you back what you wanted. I think a lot of us are learning how to use AI prompts. They call it prompt engineering, I think, hmm. um, so that you lay out very clearly so that it doesn't have any tripwires or impediments to fall over. So we can see that on the screen. You type that in, and you're off to the races. Yeah, go on. Give us a quick demo. You're going to have to share, share your screen, and I I'll take done. mine down. Yeah, you should and be you able to see it. Uh, right. Okay. Let me raise that up onto the screen. I will go. take mine away. Can everybody yes. see that? Can you all see what Mark's Mark's doing there? Yeah. I realise that our little um, icons are sort of getting in the way there, Mark. So I might just make us go smaller. Oh, that's fine. Oh, look at that. That's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Let's go for that. Um, yeah. So basically, what you do is you go to the AI generated form template, and this is where you have a prompt, and you can type in what you want. 
you can do a very simple prompt, just like you said, you know, so just for fun, we could do something like uh, a form of designing a dinosaur and then <laughs> create. It's what we all need. That's great. And it will do it to a form. And it will do it. So, um, yeah, and it, it will even fill out things like select drop downs as well. So um, it'll fill out all the stuff behind the scenes. Now, if you want to do something a bit more complicated, you can give it a few more prompts. You know, things like a contact tussle, obviously, we've got a template for that already. You can do that. But um, just just give you a quick example. I won't type it in. I'll just copy and paste it. Let's create yeah, let's a see, form. See what for... it says. For those people listening, create a form for sponsoring the page. But, oh, get in. To create a form <laughs> for sponsoring the Page Builder Summit. Uh, and now my eyes are failing me. There are four sponsor levels with the names listed out. Add a payment method button. Add some instructions. First name, last name, blah, 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 blah. Request the logo. Right, go on. Create it. No. Let's see what it does. Hopefully OpenAI won't let me down today. <laughs> okay, so we're on the we're on the cogs going round. There's nothing we can do about that. We need it to. Oh, okay. Uh, and right. it says OpenAI error. It's so guaranteed to go wrong. The minute. Oh yeah, it's it guaranteed right. to go wrong whilst we're Let's on. Let's try it again. Let's see Let's what see. happens. If it doesn't work, then booyah! Oh, it there has worked. Okay, there, yeah, you there you go. Yeah, so the so form has for a first name, last name. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, I'm so you've got first name, last name. We've asked it for the company, the website address. We asked it for a logo upload. So we've got a file upload field. Um, we gave it the sponsor level, so you'll see in the radio there, it's actually yeah. created the, the sponsor level uh, options, uh, a payment method, and it actually shows you at the bottom of the form as well how many tokens we used. So it roughly costs about po uh, 0.004 of a dollar to produce a form. It's, it's, it's a minuscule amount of money. Um, but yeah, so there you go. That's That's basically what we put together. And um, you'll, we actually preview that form and see if it's done what we asked to do. Uh, yeah, so there you go. You put your logo, you put your sponsor levels, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, one of the other things that you can do with it as well, I'll just give you one more quick example. I'm loving this. So this time I'm going to ask it to add some help text to each field to help with accessibility. And so if we hit create on that, it'll go hopefully. It'll go a little <laughs> bit further um, and we'll actually put help text in each of the fields. You see there, because we've asked that, it's actually filled out all of the help text on the field. So when we look at that form now, we've actually got help text on, on every field. So, yeah, and there's a lot more we can do with this. You know, we're, we're hoping to add conditional logic to it and things like that. Um, so the very quickly, the way it works is we use prompt engineering behind the scenes and prompt engineering is where you can build a prompt uh, give that to OpenAI, and we inject the request that you give into that prompt engineer into that prompt, um, and then we're able to, as much as possible, get OpenAI to give us the data that we need to then interpret to build the form. So, um, so yeah, that's that's where we are with it. I love the fact that you've come on the show. I've I've actually put you in the show, and now if I put a comment up, oh, there he's gone again. Look. I've got again. Obliterated. It's never not funny, Mark. Always in the wrong place. <laughs> Mark, honestly, I am so impressed. I I I have a feeling that you might be the first to market in the WordPress space with this. If that is yes, in fact are, the yeah. case, bravo, congratulations. I'm yeah. sure it did keep you going late at night. Just one quick reminder, if you're watching this, Mark will be joining me and we're going to do a full 
hour, possibly some more. But I won't be bouncing him in and out. Uh, although you never know, it might be. You might do. Can't buy Got a nice meme. But Mark, thanks for showing us that. So that's WS Form. Go and Google it and you can find out about that. And uh, he's always available on chat uh, at any time of the day or night, it seems. He contacted me at like four in the morning or something to tell me about it. Very exciting. Thanks for dropping in, Mark. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Take care. See you later. Bye. What did you make of that? Isn't that great? I think that's yeah. really, really, really cool. So, yeah, well done, Mount. Thank you so much. So, yeah, as I said, uh, join me uh, with Mark on Wednesday, and we'll be going through that piece again. Uh, we were talking earlier about WordPress 6.3. Um, I don't know if any of you guys, I, I imagine Beergit probably has a lot to say about this, but um, WordPress 6.3 is coming down the pike very, very soon. There's going to be a live product demo. Um, it's happening uh, on the, uh, let me get this right, because I don't want to get this wrong, because it matters to me that I get this right, because I'm actually co-hosting it. Uh, it is on July the 20th, uh, 2020, and it's at 4 p.m. UTC. I believe it's 5 o'clock in the UK. But it's uh, 2023, right? Just 20, yes, yeah, do not show up in 2024, <laughs> or indeed 2022. You missed it. Um, and... Anne McCarthy and Rich Tabor are going to be going through the various bits and pieces. What's changed, basically, since WordPress 6.2 became WordPress 6.3. It's going to last about an hour. It's very informal. It's a bit like this conversation here. We've got the guests on the screen. They're going to be showing a slideshow. So I will link to this in the show notes, and you can sign up. But Beergit, um, 6.3, what's exciting you about it? Oh, what's exciting me about it? Well, I, I really like that the site editor gets kind of, um, it, it's much more comprehensive. It gets its own menu on the left-hand side and you can access really, you can access the pages um, that you have on your site. You can edit the pages and if you get into a template area, you can edit the template. So it's really, comp you don't have to go in and out of site editor to um, edit the content on pages. You still need to do it for the post, but the, it's all there, and you can then also start styling. Um, there is a change that I want everybody to know, and that is that reusable blocks are now patterns, and they are synced. Yeah. So in opposed to the other patterns that are unsynced, and um, because they're pretty much the same system, um, they only have one difference: is that when you change them in one place. The sync patterns update every instance where you use them uh, throughout the site. And the unsynced, um, you just change it in that one uh, post that you, you're using it. And then you can reuse the shell someplace else uh, without having the changes to propagate over the whole site. So that is kind of a great start into also so um, combining them um, starts actually to also have partial sync patterns later on. Yeah, like uh, patterns where you only want to change the style, but that style should be like the color or the, the round corners, the radius of the corner. Um, you won't propagate over all the patterns um, where you use them, but the content could be different. So that's a partial sync or you just change out the button, but the rest should be the same. So, but they haven't find, um, so that's the start of having a, um, a lot more control over patterns. And what this also brings is that you can create patterns on your site. 
without having to do PHP or get them from the directory. You can really kind of say, okay, this is, I really like, I want this to want to reuse this, um, for later on and uh, like, um, column, um, yeah, three column, both header, picture and kind of design. Um, and then just make it a pattern and it shows up in your, um, pattern library, um, on, in the site editor. So those things are really, um, finishing up what the site editor wants to do. It's not yet complete, of course. Um, but it's, uh, really showing the, the potential of the site editor also for the next step that kind of is how does the WP admin gonna change sooner or later? Yeah. So. That, yeah, those things. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. I must admit, when the the whole they're gonna the so reusable blocks are gonna be are gonna become um, patterns. The renaming of that. I was. I, I'm still a bit confused. So, is a if a pattern's just a pattern? It, so this sentence is gonna be so weird. But here it comes. <laughs> if a pattern is just a pattern, is it called a pattern? And if a pattern is a Sinkable pattern. Can, can is you it pattern, called pattern. a pattern that sinks? What? <laughs> so it's a unsynced and synced. That's the difference. Now. Okay. Yeah. So, and, but okay. they're all patterns. So that's a so that you preface the word pattern with it. So it's unsynced pattern, synced pattern. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I'm gonna have to get my head around that. I'm gonna get that wrong. So. <laughs> and it's also gonna be in the interface like that. Yeah. yeah. You you okay. will have a little Monica. Is it a sync pattern or is it an unsync pattern? You can always make a, a sync pattern. You cannot go back to a sync pattern to kind of make it a pat an unsync pattern. You can copy it and then make it an unsync pattern. But they couldn't kind of figure out, okay, how to unlock the other instances of the pattern. So you you, you can't um, change that. But that's a little small thing. You just, you can do, yeah, create duplicate and then... Um, yeah. Further with that, yeah. Every week, I write down the the name of the podcast show as we're recording it. This one's going to be called "How many times can we say the word pattern, pattern. in one show?" <laughs> I think we've probably done it rather. Or how many times can I make Mark Westgard disappear? That might be another <laughs> one. Um, uh, let me just raise on the screen an article which I was probably going to do later, but just kind of highlights a lot of the stuff that uh, Birger was talking about. This is around the style book, actually, which is a really yeah. big part of what's coming. Uh, this is so nice. Uh, you may have noticed that uh, in the most recent version of uh, WordPress, the really, if you're creating a theme, you're not really using so much CSS anymore. You're using theme.json. You're doing a lot of the styling in there. And this article, it's actually called The Stylebook, a one-stop shop for styling block themes. It showcases that. It's, I will link to it in the show notes. It's on the WordPress.org developer blog. And it goes through how you can actually make that happen. It's really cool. Nice, simple examples to show you what's going on. But then it also tells you about the hierarchy, the, the sort of cascade, if you like, that like we have in CSS, You know, the, the, the one which is most finely tuned to the part of the page that you want to get to that wins in this case theme json wins over css but more than that specifically the editors the, the styles which are bound to that exact example of a block that will be the winner in most cases so you know when you go into the interface and you type in 20 into the editor for padding that's the one that's going to win then it goes down to theme json then it's reverting to your sort old styles and then they talk about um yeah the style book that uh was mentioned and i've just realized this out th this uh, look it's an icon look <laughs> it's 
It's an icon. I'm going to say it again. It's an icon. It wasn't funny the first time. It's less funny the seventh. And, but and if you're only listening, you have no idea why it's coming along. <laughs> yeah, I've said it eight times already. Um, and yeah, so it's it explains an, it's an how E-Y-E you... con. If you're exactly. only listening, it's an E-Y-E-C-O-N. It's an I-Icon. No, that's way too complicated. How many times can we say the word I? Is also what this episode is called. But yeah, this style book enables you to see on your on this one page pretty much everything that might appear on your site. So all the blocks that are going to appear on your site appear on this uh, style book. So you know you can just change the settings and see what it would look like on every example. Obviously, it's kind of an isolated example. It's not how it's going to look in the context of all the other bits and pieces on the page. But uh, nevertheless, that's. It's just really nice. Uh, I really do like this a lot. So I realize me and Birgit have hogged that conversation. The real thing was about WordPress 6.3. Katie, Sam, Michelle, anything to add to that? I'm good. I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to the 6.3 because my own personal blog needs a massive overhaul and I do not do any coding whatsoever. Um, so I'm really looking forward to being able to just go... And Jack and Jock and do things, and the style book is just like next level of like have your branding in your website is just makes life so much easier. Can I ask a question? Right, honest answer, and big it cover your ears. You don't know what's coming. Uh, <laughs> Sam, honestly, how easy is the block editor to work for somebody uh, who is and she's gone. <laughs> uh, Honestly, how easy is it for somebody that that doesn't really do that sort of coding piece? Are you finding it like is it basically getting easier and easier over each iteration, or are you still smashing your head against the desk, going, "No, why doesn't it?" It It's getting easier in places. I will not lie. I will smash my head against things (laughs) when I'm like trying to click on something and it's not highlighted, and I'll be like, "Right, okay, just calm down." (laughs) Yeah, pixel color effect needs to be done, but it is so much easier than it used to be now. Uh, Yeah. And yeah. I just think 6.3 is just going to make it even easier as well. I don't think it's going to be much much more difficult for people to just pick up WordPress now and be able to just manipulate it in the way that they want to. I think yeah. the style book's a really interesting idea for somebody that doesn't do the code as well because just that sort of visual thing, I, I, I the first time I opened it, I totally got the premise of it because I was looking at it thinking, ah, that's everything I want to see right there in one interface. It, Turns out, you know, visual stuff. I'm not a good designer at all. I keep saying I've got the design potential of a potato. But um, <laughs> but but being able to see all of the bits and pieces there and make little modifications that I want, knowing that they will then be reflected wherever they be on, on the website, that's been really, really helpful. So, okay, that's great to know, Sam. So, Big, yeah, and- you can, uh, you turns out you didn't need to cover your ears up. It's no. all fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I really would want to know, yeah, if there's anything that kind of really... Yeah, uh, raises the bar or kind of is not really. Um, but I really like also on the style book that all your custom blocks show up there too. So if you have uh, uh, blocks from WooCommerce or from Jetpack or from uh, um, from some of the um, block um, like Stackable or CoBlocks, they show up in the style book as well. And when you change the style variations, yeah, like where the color and the font changes the whole site, you could actually see how your blocks behave, even the custom. But sometimes you need to connect with the plugin developer and say, look, um, I changed the style variation, but your block doesn't behave well enough. Yeah, um, What can we do? 
Um, so that's certainly something. It's not a um, uh, surprise anymore. You really see everything, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and one feature I really like that kind of got me excited as a developer is the command palette that is coming to um, to WordPress 6.3. We've and got the is, name at last. Yay! Yes, <laughs> we've got the name. <laughs> and I, it's going to stay around now. <laughs> I think it should have been called Brian or Hermione. That was what I was nominated. <laughs> well, I always call him Fred, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that, the command palette is a bit like Spotlight on the Mac. If you've got a Mac, you know you can invoke right, this yeah. one short. It's like this little window which pops up, and it's a search bar, and you start typing, and it cascades yeah. beneath it all of the different things that you can. Yeah, do and you can say yeah. open template or open pattern or yeah. um, edit page or delete page if you want to. Yeah, I wonder if you and type I'm, in kick Mark Westgard off the call. I wonder if it do that. <laughs> you, I'm going to milk this for everything it's worth. <laughs> you, <laughs> it's, you know what? You can create your your own commands for it. There's an API for that. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to get in such trouble. So yes, the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the answer is yes. That's another good name for this podcast episode. The answer is yes. Uh, Katie, obviously working for a company which develop all sorts of WordPress products, particularly around WooCommerce. Is there any, are there any gotchas that you've had or any excitement that you've got about 6.3? I don't know how closely you particularly follow that. Yeah, not that closely. We've been quite slow. And um, where we have in, tried to integrate with blocks and things like that, we've come across road, uh, like quite a lot of problems. So we are mostly still short code based, even though we don't want to be. Um, for example, we have plugins that affect the visibility of areas of WooCommerce. And with the WooCommerce blocks, we weren't able to make it work with some of them. We also have a WooCommerce filter plugin and we couldn't reliably get our filters to work with the blocks because some of the hooks in it were actually marked as experimental and things and so we're kind of one just watching it stabilize more and more over time so that we can integrate more closely and more reliably with it but at the moment we're in the uncomfortable situation where we get as far as we can with these things but some of our documentation does say this doesn't work because we're waiting for the Gutenberg, you know, to continue uh, on on its path. I'm kind of and curious it's about not nice having to do that. Yeah, how how do you view that as a developer? Do you view that as it's just time well spent for the future, or is there a bit of you which it feels like that was just dead time because it never gave <laughs> us the result that we wanted? Well, it's important because at least even if it was impossible at the time, right. we've been able to document it so that when customers ask, how do I use the filters with the product category block or whatever, then we have done that testing and we can document it. And we sometimes we've made compromises like you can use it with the non-Ajax version or something like that. Um, but yeah, I look forward to the fully, fully kind of mature version um as it which continues all the time so obviously this next release is another step towards that um and then we can because we want to embrace it fully it's just a little bit early still yeah well that's a really interesting insight thank you Katie. Mm -hmm. well I'm, i really gratulate you that you're not jumping on the experimental kind of things there are some plugin developers who do that and every two versions of gutenberg they need to kind of revamp some of the code base mm -hmm. and i definitely think that that's uh um, it's a, it's a, a great learning experience, but it's probably business-wise not that particular smart of a move. Um, but it's also kind of experimenting with the things. What we probably need from the extenders community 
especially those that go, you provide filters for developers to filter your plugins, but also work with WooCommerce. So it's kind of three layers mm. off of Gutenberg, right? Um, pretty much off of the, so there will be really good to have a list of the experimental, um, APIs that you see that hold you back the most. Yeah. So that can be, um, prioritized to get it to a stable version and then release it and then, uh, have you move forward. I think that would really help. And if, if I had no problem to kind of get into a conversation with you one on one or so and kind nice. of go through that or so. Yeah. yeah, this product did one thing. It was connect Katie with Beagit and uh, <laughs> advance the. Advanced yeah, I'm project. sorry we didn't. Uh, yeah. No, that's great. I think that's lovely. Meet at Europe. Yeah, but um, Mark Westgard, he was on a minute ago, I think. Um, <laughs> he says they've been holding off rebuilding customization or in brackets styling tools. So it's exciting to see these recent developments. Yeah, okay. So the style book in particular, I guess, is the thing there. So yeah, all of that was centered around the fact that 6.3, the conversation around that is going to get aired on this call. So I'll put the links in the show notes and you can uh, join us and uh, I'll be much more polite, <laughs> basically, without maybe kicking anybody off. Uh, right. Okay. So next thing, this is another serious thing. I think this probably sat really, probably could have done with going nearer the top of the show, but here we go. Sarah Gooding writing in the WP Tavern. WordPress plugin review team adds six new sponsored volunteers, opens applications. Uh, I don't know if you know, um, Mika Epstein, who had been doing the, well, God's work, basically, of uh, making sure that things went into the plugin directory that were ready to go into the plugin directory. Um, Mika has stepped down. That that the, the conversation around her stepping down was kind of a bit bittersweet because she obviously put in 10 years of time, but there was, uh, getting back to the thing that we were talking about Dakar earlier, there were certain conversations that came to light after that that, that meant that really fielding a lot, of, um, a lot of bile and anger by people in that role. So Mika stepped down. We now have six new sponsored volunteers they are the following people it's david apologies if i butcher anybody's name i'm sorry uh, david perez evan herman francisco torres luke carbis marta tor or torre i don't know and paco marchant or marchante again i don't know they're they're going to be stepping up and doing uh, well it looks like from further down uh, something in the region of about five hours a week so if they are, in fact, replacing Mika one to six, if that's the ratio, obviously that's a great thing. I don't know what Mika's commitment was. but um, Almost but 40 hours, yeah. Was it the full week? Yeah. Okay, so that probably won't... Well, no, that'll more or less cover it then, won't it? Not quite, but those six sponsored volunteers will will more or less make up that, that chasm that Mika has left. However... If you wish to, um, if you wish to become somebody that's uh, involved in this enterprise, uh, it appears not only do you have to have the following credentials, but you have to have fairly thick skin. You need to have uh, ability to communicate clearly. You need to be kind and constructive. You have to have a solid track record as a developer. Um, and then there's various other things. It's all listed on this page. The commitment is going to be five hours a week. But this is asking for volunteers. So I, I don't know if there's any opportunity for sponsorship there. But uh, 
So there's two pieces there. A, the abuse that Mika suffered and how that's bang out of order. And let's hope that these people don't uh, receive any of that. But B, the story about six new people who are taking on some work. And I am maybe conflating that they're doing five hours. It doesn't, in fact, say that. I was just sort of assuming that that was, in fact, the case. So, it well, says at least I've five been... hours as well. Yeah. Was that not in to do? That was not to do with the application process for new people. Uh, maybe that was my misunderstanding. Mm. Epstein, Epstein, sorry, is encouraging volunteers to apply if they have at least five hours a week, whereas these people, these six, I feel like they've already gone through the application process. So I'm not really right. clear on that. Yeah. You right. Could be... So I, I, I've been speaking with Marta um, through Twitter. And she's one of those. She's giving five hours a week and she's looking for a company to sponsor those five hours. Um, so I know that a lot of the people who are giving of their time that way are looking to find companies that will sponsor the five hours so that they're not losing their own ability to provide for themselves by giving up that kind of time. So, hey, Michelle, do you know if there's a, like an official channel for doing that or is it that, that each of those six people have got to go out and find that themselves? Pretty much have to go out and find it themselves. Mm, Although okay. there are, I think, like Aruba has something on it through GitHub that you can sponsor people. You can also sponsor people directly through Git. Um, and then also, of course, you can talk to the people directly and um, sponsor them that way as well. So I don't know that there's one official way to do that. Maybe Birgit mm. has a better idea. Yeah. No, there's no official way to do that, no. Mm. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Uh, Sam, anything to add to that before we press on? No, I think it's interesting that we've it's got to this point and we've not been able to highlight that sooner and hopefully help her get the help that she needed. It's it's a shame that we do have that little dark corner of the community that people feel like they have to suffer on their own. Yeah, I don't think that uh, Mika is stepping down because of that. Yeah, that has been going on for years and years and years, the harassment and the, uh, that. I think the 10 year part is more like the, okay, yeah, it's time to do something else yeah. um, kind of way. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it, yeah. And she has uh, talked about that harassment and how, how, uh, how she can, how other people that experience the same thing, um, can protect themselves online. Um, yeah. I remember there was a talk by Mika at, uh, WordCamp New York in eight, in 19. Yeah. Where she, uh, told, Finally, the whole story about um, that one plugin um, person that kind of pursued her um, on and off the web. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, it definitely that that behavior is still common, and that people don't think they'll find it uh, out about it. Yeah, that's kind of something that I, I yeah, it's beyond my grasp. But that's certainly my lack of imagination. Yeah, um, so. Firstly, Sam, I think you've coined a meme there, the dark <laughs> corner of the community. I like that. That's really interesting and sums up the tiny, 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 tiny percentage of people who really spoil it. But also, Birgit, what you were saying there, if, if there is an expectation that these six people plus others are going to receive that kind of an email at some point, that's fairly demanding of them isn't it because i know for me <laughs> i probably shouldn't say these words but here we go um if i was to receive an email which was threatening or horrible i would i really wouldn't take that very well i don't think and if that was part of a volunteer role that i had 
I'd kind of like to know that somebody got my back there. And I, I don't even know what that means. Like somebody that I could talk to, some service that I could go to to receive some support. Because the sad truth is, if that does happen, I would imagine that really you're sort of on your own and you yeah. just kind of got to do No, you're not on your own. There oh, is, good. Um, yeah, the, the plugin review team has uh, for um, a few years back decided that they are not personally signing each email. They just do a mm, kind of yeah. plug and review team. And then um, they all read the same inbox. So if there's something coming back, yeah, you don't have to take it personally. It's just kind of that obnoxious person um, kind of uh, letting out the frustration. But it's not a personal attack or something like that because it goes through the full box there. But that was one of the learning experience or learned lessons from the previous what happened. Um, so that's one thing. And of course, um, there are um, certain behavior, code of conduct, code of conduct. Yeah, yeah you're right. That, that happened on the WordCamp is also part of the plugin review kind of thing. So code of conduct violations are definitely um, um, yeah, reported as well as uh, sanctioned. So um, be careful. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Did anybody have anything to add to that before I move on? No. Okay. Great. Uh, so anyway, good luck to those six people and that page will be linked to in the show notes if you wish to apply with, um, yeah, with the knowledge that it'll be roughly about five hours a week, something along those lines. So the important topic of our time, or at least I think it is anyway, is, um, the environment. And I did a podcast episode this week with Louise Towler, forget the fact that it was, uh, I'm really not trying to do the promotion piece there. Please go and listen to it. It's actually really good. Louise um, uh, was at WordCamp Europe. Um, she was A, doing a presentation, um, but also she was pitching to Amelia Capital. Amelia Capital is the uh, is the, the brainchild of Yoast and Marika. Uh, formerly the CEOs, both of them, of uh, Yoast, Sam's company. And they have decided to invest in something that Louise is doing. She's deciding to do something in the WordPress uh, plugin space to give you an idea about what kind of an impact your WordPress website, websites, if you've got many of them, I suspect the, the imperative to do this is more important. Um, so that you get some kind of indication of the carbon fo footprint that you are creating. And it, and it takes lots of metrics. That whole thing hasn't been quite decided upon. The venture capital that they got from Yoast and Marika is to, I guess, flesh out what that product offering is and bring it to market. But the broader point of the podcast wasn't that plug-in. The, the majority of the podcast was just talking about the fact that we are just addicted to electricity and the byproducts of electricity. I mean, there isn't a day goes, literally, there isn't a day of my life that goes by where I don't consume a fairly large proportion of electricity. Um, I'm constantly on the internet. I've got mobile phones. I've got computers, which I fail to switch off when I know that they're not going to be used for the next several hours. You know, I've got tellies. I've got devices which are switched on all over the place, listening to potential things that I'm going to say, which I never do say, you get the point. The The thing that I think is the disconnect that I think here is that you just don't connect the internet with the environment. I made the point in the podcast that if you, if you ask me to go and stand at the back of my car for an hour, 
and breathe in heavily, no way am I doing that because I know the consequence. I can see the stuff coming out the back and I know that my lungs will be toast. I am going to stand next to this computer for weeks on end without giving it a second thought. But somewhere the pollution is happening and her whole thing was about that. Ways that you can mitigate this. Don't send over large images if you don't need large images. In fact, don't even send images if you don't need images. Locally load fonts. Find a host which has got the credentials of maybe offsetting the carbon or they've just got some infrastructure which helps for this. Stop sending videos that no, don't need to be sent. Get off TikTok. That's, uh, forgive that. I mean, if you want to be on TikTok, <laughs> whatever, that's your bad. But you get the point. So this is the broad conversation, probably for the next 10 minutes or so. The environment, WordPress, internet use, I, I don't know if you feel as bad as I do, but I suspect that I will get over the bad feeling that I have remarkably quickly when this conversation has ended, even though I probably shouldn't. <laughs> and that's the thing, isn't it, is that you can connect this to your actual physical self. It's like trying to figure out how much your daily usage actually impacts the impact the environment is hard to connect one to two um i i know for for me it's like things like we've we've had solar panels installed on the roof we've done stuff that we've tried to sort of like mitigate that impact um but yeah just you forget about it because it's not it's not a physical interaction with it like you say with the cards like you see that you you know the output that it has I, I, I kind of like the idea, and I, I get the impression from what Louise said that this is some of the endeavor of the tool. Is to is to so Yoast, Sam's company. We all know if you've ever installed Yoast, you've got this like traffic light system inside the plugin. It's really obvious, you know, if you've got a red traffic light, you've you've really got work to do. Orange, you're on the way, and green, yay, everything's great. So something equivalent to that, say, in your dashboard that your clients could see where it, it aggregates, well, this page has got 7,000 images on it. They're all massive. What the hell are you doing? Uh, red light, as opposed to, well, this is great. It's just text. You're locally loading the fonts. We've got some information via an API, perhaps, about the hosting that you're using. You get a green light. And I just think that would be a good idea. I basically need bludgeoning into into being told how to be a better citizen on the internet in terms of my consumption because honestly i i just i it's an endless resource as far as i can see it, i just don't make the connection despite thinking about it it is remarkable how quickly i forget about it anyway sorry michelle big at kt go for it yeah, i'm aware of it in the back of my mind i think the time I came across it was at a WordCamp years ago with a talk from Whole Grain Digital, who were a very eco-minded UK uh, WordPress design agency. And they really make it the main part of their business that every website they design thinks about the environment. And that kind of and various things since have made me aware that every single image I upload to the admin or something like that, every YouTube video does actually have a, a permanent really environmental cost because it's permanently being hosted on s somewhere which uses electricity um so while i don't take massive actions it's just there in the back of my mind can i be bothered to optimize this image it's only a knowledge base article it's not going to affect our sales yes it should be smaller because of that so that transcends any business reason to do it sometimes which is a good motivator 
Yeah. I think the business region is also quite an interesting one as well, because um, if you reduce the size of the images, your pages load faster, you get faster, better performance, you get better load times, you just better experience for the user. It's like that as a business case in itself is something that you can latch onto when it comes to building websites itself. I, I, quite interestingly, so Louise obviously made that point, you know, the SEO piece, squeezing down all of the assets so that it basically loads faster, Google likes it more and so on and so forth, is a total win. But also, what about the idea that you become an agency who has the chops, the credentials, and you can market yourself as the environmental agency, if you like? I don't really know what that means. But honestly, if I had two competing quotes and I knew that one of the teams that I was going to be working with had this in the back of their mind, they were going to try to make it environmentally friendly, that kind of tips uh, the balance a little bit for me. And I suggested this to Louise, and she said she didn't know if it existed or not, but how about this? How about a browser extension which measures your daily usage? Because it really would know what's being throughput through the browser every day, and then basically tells you off. Um, you know, you get to the end of the day, and it's like, Nathan, naughty. Basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, you get a red cross, you got a D minus for your internet usage today, as opposed to good boy, Nathan, you get an A plus today. You didn't hardly look at anything. And uh, to that point, Bob Don joins us. Hi, Bob. <laughs> yeah. The fact that I've been watching. Yes. It, you see, you see yeah. the disconnect between what's in my head and what I'm actually doing. The fact that I've been watching this video on a live broadcast for an over an hour makes me wonder. Yes, Bob, you're quite right. I, uh, I don't but know. Do you remember... Do you remember when the internet was going to save, save the trees, right? So it's like, it's it kind of like a disconnect, right? Because eventually, originally it was like email is keeping paper out of your wastebasket and out of the, the yeah. landfills, right? And all of that was like, this is so much more eco-friendly. And then, you know, two, three years ago, people started saying it's not really, right? And <laughs> so it's like, there's this huge disconnect in my brain that but this is still better than chopping down trees, you, right? Oh, yeah. right. not. <laughs> but you're right that uh, uh, there is that, and I had totally it's just forgotten a shift. that argument. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. Sh it's a shift between what natural resources we are overexpending. Basically. I do, I do like the idea of a browser extension, which tells me off. It would appear that that would be <laughs> how many trees you saved by writing yeah. emails, yeah, and then yeah. how many. Um, yeah, carbon filters kind of, yeah, things you yeah. flown yeah. out to the world, yeah, and then it's a um, zero-sum thing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's actually not, yeah. So. Well, I'll tell you what, whether you like it or not, this, this subject is not going away, or at least no. that's my opinion of it. It's going to get no. louder and louder and louder and louder, I, um, yeah. whether we like it or not. So, yeah, thank I you, really Louise, so, yeah. uh, for raising that really important issue. I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I said at the beginning of the show, very happy. And then I started to mess things up and I was less happy. Well, something that always makes me happy is when Justin Tudlock comes in and makes a comment. So uh, <laughs> that always makes me happy. The plugin and theme review team member. So we're going back to Mika. Um, see the worst parts of the community. I think the plugin review team has probably had the word, uh, the worst of it. I see. I still can't manage to read <laughs> the words. Uh, okay, that was great. Really interesting discussion. I'm just going to move through a few of these articles very quickly because I know that time is kind of fast running out. Just a quick heads up. If, you, um, if you've if you never heard of this, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but I haven't done it for a little while. 
Um, North Commerce is a WooCommerce revival. They're heading into what they're calling their real beta. They've had uh, a few people testing it, but uh, they're kind of launching this, I guess, lifetime deal or something. Um, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Basically, if you want to hop on and be one of their early adopters, then you get a whole laundry list of benefits. Like I said, it's a it's a hoped for, um, or at least from their point of view anyway, a hoped for WooCommerce revival. And they're at the point where they believe it's almost ready to ship. But they're offering people the chance to get in, in on the ground. Uh, it's not free. You can see it's $475. But that, I think, gets you unlimited usage over three domains for the, the, the lifetime of North Commerce. So, yeah, maybe go check that out. Uh, sort of security news. We don't normally delve too deeply into this, but occasionally something pops up and I think it's worth it. Ultimate member 2.6.7 um, has patched a privilege escalation vulnerability because I don't have the intellect really to understand all of the ins and outs of this. I would just say go and make sure that your website has been updated. Uh, there were a few different pieces coming from different news outlets, which made me think this was probably worth mentioning. But I've, I'm going to link in the show notes to the uh, the piece on the tavern by Sarah, so you can go and check that out. My understanding is they did several patches, none of which fixed it. So that, I guess, in itself is a, is a point of concern. I'm going to not go to that one just yet. I'll come back to that one. That's Kathy Zant's piece. I want your thoughts on this. We should bring Mark Westgard in at this point. Uh, what do you make of this, right? So given that we've just had a conversation about the environment and whether or not we need unnecessary resources on our page, right? But also given the fact that some people like to be playful on the internet, you know, they enjoy the fun side of things. Watch this and forgive me if you're listening to this. I'm just going to refresh this page. What do you make of this, right? Click refresh. There's a blank page. A guy wanders in with a button. Like, there's a cartoon character who's got a button under his arm, and he wanders in, and he hangs it in the page, and then the button is there, and then there's a bunch of other characters sort of like hanging around underneath the button, pointing at it. So they're calling this, I can't remember what they're calling it, interactive experiences or something. Um, the idea being they've come up with this technology where they put these little avatars on the screen encouraging you to fill out the form. Now, this is a very, I guess this is a very jocular, cartoonish way of doing it. But I could see kids, for example, being you know, intrigued by this. If the school, for example, wanted them to fill out a form, maybe this would have an impact. But replace this character with something, I don't know, a bit more business-like or a bit more, I don't know, some kind of arrow which goes down and tells you what you need to fill out, what have you. Is this just stupidity? Is this just environmental madness? Do we need all of it? Or are you persuaded by this? This is from a company called Visme. And although it's apropos of nothing, I thought it was quite interesting to stick on the screen. What do you reckon? Yeah, I kind of love it because it's, it looks professional and it makes their brand memorable. And I totally get the performance implications, the environmental, but I think it does work because it's a kind of modern designed website, but they've just added that personality to it. And I think the button's really cool to draw attention to the call to action. But I do see the other side as well. Wasn't it though? Wasn't it like I've never seen that? I've never seen anything where a button was invoked by a cartoon character or anything even equivalent to that. Mm. I mean, you've seen, but. But I, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I didn't te test it on different screen widths, but I'm guessing that the button will still be carried on and will work whether or not, you know, you're on a mobile or what have you. 
but I just thought it was kind of kind of a bit quirky and maybe some some of the fun that we that we need on the internet. Anyway, sorry, Sam or Michelle or Big, over to you. Well, I like it um, for an onboarding experience. I think if I see it two or three times when I come back to the website, it kind of gets a little old and it kind of probably blows my internet resources as well, um, like my data plan or something like that. But um, I, I get that that's for the first interaction. I think it's a really good idea to liven it up a bit. Yeah? And um, we've seen um, some of that interactivity where people walk on the website and introduce themselves and um, talk about a product like um, like a real person. Um, and I think it, and I always enjoyed it when, when I was going to a website for the first time. Um, but if it starts talking to me without me clicking on the button, that is when I go away. But um, other than that, it's a really fun way to do things. Yeah, yeah interesting. Um, Bob reminds, says uh, he's getting, getting distracted by it. <laughs> wants to know what the lady's doing with the laptop. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, Michelle, off you go. Watch your little yeah, right. It reminds me. It reminds me of the old Flash, right? So we used to have a lot of things that would start with Flash, that kind of thing. And also, I'm wondering if it's more or less, probably less resources than embedded sound or embedded video. So if you like, you go to so many websites, and there's a YouTube video embedded that auto plays and things like that. So I think it's probably a trade off on some things. It's cute. It's clever. Um, I don't know if it would, and you know, if, if I would look at that and say, "Gosh, I have to explore this more," or if I'd be like, "Oh, this is ridiculous. I'm going someplace else." So. So we're looking I at a screen now. I think it'll appeal to some and a, not to others. Yeah, there's a lady on the screen and she's sort of hanging around <laughs> on a join the waitlist button, looking a little bit like, you know, come on, fed up. Yeah. And then just keeps reaching down and pointing to the button and drawing your attention. It is kind of fun, isn't it? I mean, we all watch Disney movies. We suspend our we suspend our belief. We know that none of that's written. And it kind of is a bit like that. It's kind of Disney-esque, yeah. isn't it? Anyway, sorry, Sam. It's very bit emoji, sort of style-esque to it. So I can see where the attraction to like maybe having it like you say on like a kid's site to get them to encourage them to do the things um it depends on how someone would execute it really but i think it is fun but i think I, i'm very much on the fence on on it yeah i think so i think it really would have to be like a soft toy company uh deploying it more or less anything else i can't really see the the utility of it by the way <laughs> but just it does fit with what they do because yes. they're a conversion yes. company and that lady is really drawing attention to that call to action. Yeah. And it shows that they understand the psychology of conversions. If you imagine shopping around on multiple conversion company sites, that's the one you're going to remember. And I think that that directly symbolizes and illustrates their skills in conversion rate optimization. Yeah. Do you know what? I think I've got caught up with the cartoon character and the, like that's what they're offering. But of course, that cartoon character could be literally anything you could really tune it to whoever your audience may be and that avatar could be a person or just a symbol or just something yeah it's interesting I, i've got a feeling i if i was to uh, bring this website to peach's attention from a ui ux standpoint i think i think mm -hmm. the answer would be a definitive thumbs down but yeah. yeah and also from an accessibility point of view well maybe maybe, maybe it just doesn't even get in the way you know maybe if you can get to the bottom quickly enough and it does actually say join the waitlist it doesn't really matter so much but yeah uh, good point uh katie thanks for that by the way did anybody hearing sam a minute ago was she sort of was her audio phasing in and out or was that just me yes sam yeah, you might just want to um refresh your browser we'll just 
hop you straight back into the call. We've only got a few more minutes, but you were, it was like half of you we could hear and the other, like we missed half a second, then we heard half a second kind of thing. So yeah. um, just, just refresh it. It's often the, the cure for all problems. So anyway, that's on the Visme website. Visme make, um, make sort of basically spreadsheets and things like that. It's a sort of presentation layer for the, for the internet. It's a really good company, actually. Uh, Max says he really likes it. Uh, he wants to rebuild something like that. He says he loves it. So yeah, there you go. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> uh do Mark says, sorry, uh, Bob's, Bob says, don't give Mark any ideas. Mark from WS form. We'll find him popping up on our screens. No, I did show it to him and I didn't get a particularly, uh, uh, a positive reply. Let's put it that way. Okay, right. Well, let's let's kind of round this out. We're getting close to the end. Firstly, we mentioned at the very top of the show that um, there was an additional WordPress podcast that was coming into yeah. existence. It's Michelle uh, WP Constellations. Nice name, by the way. Um, Thank you. This is episode one. Who are you yes. doing it with, Michelle? And what's the intention? So my co-host is uh, Jeff Chandler, who people probably know from the community. And the intention is to talk about what's going on in WordPress. But, in the, you know, I mean, we have a lot of podcasts that do that. I realize that. But we're going to dig into specific plugins, specific, you know, projects and things like that. The first episode is out as of last week where we talk about the new form builder in GiveWP. The second episode, which is coming out next week... Um, I was in Europe when that, when that, or maybe not Europe, I was somewhere else on yeah. vacation when that was, was, uh, recorded. And Jeff interviewed, um, Shane Perlman and Marcus Burnett about AI. So it's not an internal podcast. It's for everybody, but we will, of course, talk about some of the stellar products and what we're doing as well. Uh, but it's kind of exciting. So actually we've scheduled Mark to come on and do some more with what he's doing with his forms and. If people are interested in coming and talking to us, they're more than welcome to uh, DM me anywhere and we'll discuss if it's a good fit for the podcast. I have a lovely graphic to raise at this point. And yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Love this call. This, this, <laughs> this message is approved by Mark Westcott. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant, though. WP Constellations. Uh, you can find it though. Uh, it may, may not be if you Google for it. I don't know if it's got to Google yet, but stellawp.com forward slash podcast because it's being done yes. on behalf of Stella WP. So joined by Jeff Chandler. Is that a, is that the regular? Is two the two of you regularly? Yes. Nice. Yes. Was was Jack in? Um, sorry. Ah, oh, I cannot say the words today. It's not working, is it? Is was Jeff in Europe with you? No, he was. Not. Oh, I see. It was the is, fact you said Sam, he interviewed. Is Sam Marcus. still in the green room? Right. Did you forget to bring Sam back? Uh, oh no, no, she's not there. Okay, just no, checking. I, yeah, if if you can message her and ask her if she's having gremlins, then uh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> okay. But no, she's not. I keep looking periodically, but she's not there. Okay. Uh, so there's that, and also Katie brought this to my attention. This is uh, over on the Barn Two website. I, I don't know, Katie. Forgive me if it's new or not, but we've got something on the screen called. Uh, Barn 2 plugins, and it's the WooCommerce shipping calculator. What's this? Is it new? If yeah. not, what does it do? Tell us yeah, more. Yeah, last Thursday. Uh, nice. Yeah, sometimes we release plugins that just do one task which is missing in mainly WooCommerce. And with this one, we noticed that how many times have you bought something on any online shop and you put it in the cart just to find out what shipping is going to cost? 
And then if that's too expensive, you abandon your car and go somewhere else. Every single how, time, Katie, yeah. is the answer. And that's how WooCommerce is built because the shipping calculator only appears on the cart and or checkout. So this simple plugin we've built, it uh, lets you put the shipping calculator on the product page, whether it's like above the add to cart button or as a separate tab next to the product description and the reviews or that kind of thing so that people have clear shipping information to help them make that decision whether to buy a product instead of afterwards, which to me seems upside down the way it naturally is. Honestly, I'm not exaggerating. I did this merry dance yesterday. I was buying something from a, a company. I won't bore you, but basically there were four things that I wanted and I went through every permutation of putting those four things in to see what the shipping would be. And it turned out that if I bought things in two separate consignments, I could get the shipping at more or less half the price, which is kind of curious. So I get this pain. I, I totally understand. That's really clever. Bravo. Nice. That totally suits me. This is great. Thank you very much. So this is uh, Bantu.com. Um, and the plugin that you're looking for is called WooCommerce Shipping Calculator. It goes without saying. It works with, you know, WooCommerce. So there, um, there's a comment about that. Will WooCommerce transition to more atomic blocks instead of having monolithic templates? Oh, that Nothing question, I don't, yeah, I don't suppose either any of us can answer that quite at this moment. Right. Where are we at? Beergit, I think brought us something as well. Didn't you Beergit? Yeah. Uh, where was right. yours? Was it this? Was this the yes. one? Yes. Perfect. That's, um. It's um Gutenberg Live Q and A um about design systems and theme JSON and um it's really hard sometimes when you have multiple sites or a big uh, multi site to get the the design system kind of every time right and so the uh, WordPress VIP team built a plugin that combines the Figma design system and the theme JSON so you can spin up new a website um, that adheres to the design system that you already built and also syncs back. So um, we do a little demo there, and then we discuss um, how that's going to work and how it's uh, working for the WordPress VIP team that work with uh, quite a few agencies. Um, and also have uh, Joni Halabi is going to, so it's going to be David Bowman and Alec um, Gitas and uh, Joni Halabi. Um, is from the Georgetown University senior developer uh, there. And um, yeah, so we're going to discuss um, all the different ways how design system and theme JSON can be together. Wait, and, did um, I hear you right? You use Figma, you build your site in Figma, and it exports a theme.json file or syncs a theme.json file with your WordPress site. So you can do that bi-directionally. You can Bidirectionally, I'm not quite sure, but that's a very good question for that live Q&A, and huh. that's going to happen on July 21st next week. That is week. so cool. I yeah. love the I mean, because with the best will in the world, you know, there are design tools which are superior at just doing the design. That's what they're for. And if you, mm -hmm. so many people seem to be talking about Figma, using Figma, loving Figma, and the idea that you could, even if you just did it one way as a one-off dump after you right. finished and yep. got the design perfected. Oh, that's great. So this is, um, I'm going to be linking in the show notes to, it's a Zoom call, and you will get the, the landing page to subscribe to the Zoom call. 21st of July, um, 6 p.m. Is that London time? It says London. That's London time. Okay, yeah. so yeah, 6 p.m. UK time. 
Yeah. 1700 UTC. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Oh, that's brilliant. That's really Good. cool. Yeah. And very last thing, which I'm going to spend about 12 seconds on, uh, we have a new social network, if you didn't know. It's called Instagram Threads. And, you know, if you don't have, <laughs> if you've still got enough time left in your life to write messages <laughs> online and do all of that, you've got a new thing to share. It's managed to get something along the lines of 80 million subscribers in the space of just a couple of days. I know Mastodon, which I bang on about quite a lot, is more, I think, around the 11 million mark, and it's been going for years and years and years, which just gives you some idea of the the power of Facebook. My understanding at the moment is it's just text-based. I imagine they sort of co-opted a lot of people in with a, I don't know, a one-click solution. I tried it. I got about four seconds in, and I uninstalled it. I don't have the time or capacity for any more Facebooky things. But uh, anyway, I thought I'd mention that if you're into... Uh, if you're into Facebook and all, are you going to be subscribing? I know that, uh, you know, if you're into marketing, maybe, the, maybe not. Maybe, but um, um, there's a caveat. When you delete it, I I saw on Twitter, if you delete it, you also delete your Instagram account. So mm-hmm. uh, the Instagram is the, the way in into threads. Um, and so that's kind of one. Of, I don't know why they did that, but yeah. No, which is, which is also why my username still is my married name because it's connected to everything. So yeah. even though I'm divorced, yeah. I'm still Michelle Ames on there. But the but the barrier to entry was much lower than trying to figure out how to work around in, in Mastodon. Mastodon yeah. Because Mastodon, you have to find servers, you have to figure out. And even when, when you're logged in, sometimes it's hard to find other people because of how the structure works. This is super simple. Yeah, um, which is always something, you know, it, you, you'll get more people signed up if it's easy. I saw a comment from, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Ross Wintle. Forgive me, Ross, if it was you and it wasn't you that made the comment, rather. Um, sort of said, logged in, noticed a load of unsolicited comments from people that didn't know and then immediately logged out. That's the thing I like about Mastodon. Essentially, if you don't follow somebody, you're f- if, if, you're, if you don't follow anybody, your feed is utterly blank. With, and you cannot change that. There is no algorithm pushing stuff into your feed. It's just a chronological list of people that you follow. And uh, and obviously, you know, that's not Facebook's model. It will actually, in the future, it will combine with Mastodon. I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work. But, but you know, Facebook are a, a company out mm-hmm. to make a profit. So they've got to sort of keep you, gain your attention in some way, shape or form. So, yeah. Uh, so Max says, yeah, didn't get any U users. They just... Got them over from Instagram. And Sam, oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Sam. Sam says, can't connect to this room again. Well, I'm glad that you got most of the way through, Sam. Apologies for that. She mm-hmm. says her internet usage is over for the day. That's all we got, I think, in, in, on this particular show. It's time for the... Oh, Michelle, straight in there. It's time for the somewhat humiliating wave. Look at us. We're all so compliant. It's great. Check us out. Um Thank you. We'll be back next week. Thank you to our four, well, five, six even. Michelle Frischer, <laughs> Birgit Polyhack, Katie Keith, Sam and Alderson. Alderson. And, uh, and also Mark, I don't know what his surname is, the guy from WS Form, him. <laughs> him dropping in from time to time. We'll be back next week with another show. Until then, take care. Stay safe. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye for now.